Welcome back to the Future is Green podcast. Today, we are joined by Caroline Bernardin, a dancer, yoga instructor, and current dietitian student at Columbia University. Together, we will explore how nutritional goals may change throughout phases of life, along with how to balance the passions and other priorities in your life to maintain a daily balancing act. A balanced diet and proper nutrition for dancers is crucial to success. Can you briefly go over the differences in nutrition needs for dancers in high school, college, and post-grad? Obviously, like it's specific to every person, we know that, but kind of more as like the hours of training each day changes, how drastically or not does the nutrition guidelines um, differ? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think that nutrition for dancers in high school, at least for me, centered around quantity. So I know that a lot of people who are dancing in high school don't go to performing arts high schools. I didn't. Um, so I had a regular high school schedule and then I went to dance afterwards. So it ended up being like a, like an eight to three and then like a four to 10. Um, and I think a lot of high school dancers aren't getting enough sleep or enough calories. Um, just because at that age you're seeing food as kind of an inconvenience. You're just trying to like eat to get you through. Um, I used to think of like having my dinner one and dinner two. So dinner one was right before dance and dinner two was after, Um, And looking back at it now and like being in school for nutrition, I definitely think high school nutrition for dancers really focuses a lot on quantity. So you're just trying to get in calories, get in fuel. I know that looking back on my time after learning so much about nutrition now, I realized how low I was on calories, especially fat, surprisingly. Um, I think dancers in high school will go from class to class to class to rehearsal and start to get really shaky. I know that I would always get really shaky at the end of um, rehearsing in high school, and I never attributed it to anything, but I wasn't really eating many healthy fats, and those are what's going to keep us kind of up and at pace for a long amount of time, um, as opposed to just having like spikes in energy. So I think nutrition for dancers in high school, quantity, and then if we're going to break it down into macros, I would say I was really low in fat. And I know a lot of dancers at that age aren't thinking about incorporating a lot of fats into their food because they're just trying to grab something quick that tends to be like a bar. So those were, that's what I would say for high school. Um, in college, I think that's where quality came in a lot more. Um, your body is relying on the specific types of micronutrients more. Like for me, that was when I was noticing like what I was eating, having an enormous impact. Like, of course that interest comes in high school and the body needs all of these great nutrients and carbs and energy, et cetera, throughout the lifespan. But in college, I think that's where I really noticed what I was eating when I was eating it was affecting me the most. So again, quantity was still important, but I think in college, that's where, quality came in, what I was eating prior to dance, prior to my classes, especially when I had like a dance class and then a science class and then a rehearsal. What I needed to eat prior to those classes was different each day and is different for each person. Um, And then moving on to post-grad, I think this kind of mingles in with end of college as well, but I feel like that's where individuality comes in a lot. So in high school as a dancer, I I, and I know a lot of my friends were not thinking about like what makes me feel good, right? Even in college, you know, what is healthy, you know, like, okay, well, vegetables, great grains, great. But there's not a lot of individuality that you put into that a, because you don't have the time and B, because a lot of dancers don't spend the time thinking about how, what they're eating is making them feel beyond, am I energized and fueled enough? And so I think post-grad life now, I'm starting to realize that not 
Not every vegetable makes everyone feel the same. Not every grain makes everyone feel prepared for rehearsal, class, a workout. It really, really is individual. And if you find that earlier in your career, that's great. But for me, I think it tends to take a while to understand what is starting to feel right. And that changes based on the day. But I think post-grad is really where like that individual nutrition for how you're dancing, for how your body is changing is going to kind of come to fruition. So those would be the three like general tools, I would say, have that, that have changed and evolved through nutrition as the lifespan continues. No, those were great answers. And I think really, I mean, from my experience, definitely relatable. I don't think mm-hmm. I probably even knew like if I was getting enough fat in high school or not. And yeah. Honestly, yeah, like protein bars were pretty much it for dance rehearsals. So I would say definitely not. So that's definitely mm-hmm. relatable. And I know at Elon, like the schedule is insane. So like going from rehearsal to class, like a dance class or a non-dance class, like it is so true that maybe we were eating more than in high school, but the quality wasn't what we needed to, you know, succeed. So I think definitely the post-grad insight on just feeling your best and trying to identify what foods make you feel your best is a great Mm -hmm. takeaway. Yeah. So Jaina Kingsford said, balance is not something you find, it's something you create. How do you prioritize limited resources like energy and time with only having 24 hours in a day to cultivate balance into your everyday life? That's a great question. That also changes based on the week and the day. Um, I find that myself and a lot of other dancers are very type A. So uh, hyper planning, putting things in the calendar weeks in advance. I actually have found that balance for me is not always being hyper prepared with my schedule. So I think that, yes, putting things in and knowing what you have going on. So when I have class, when I have time for dance, when I have time for cooking, meal prep, all the things is definitely the foundation. But on top of that, I think that balance definitely comes from giving yourself space as well to change that in the week. Um, a lot of time in high school and college with rehearsals, like you just don't have that space to play with your schedule. You don't have that space to play with cooking and when you have room for things. And I think now I lean into that type A personality. I definitely utilize my like schedule planning and all the things because you need to do that when you have multiple passions and multiple things you're pursuing. But I also make sure to give myself some space in a week where I can decide if I want to be like sedentary and like lay down for an hour. I can decide if I want to go for a walk. I can decide if I want to work on nutrition stuff, if I want to work on cooking. Like I've learned to give myself that space to choose what I need in the moment. And I think that that's just as important as planning everything in advance so that you could fit it all in, if that makes sense. That's a great answer. And I think you point out about the scheduling aspect. Sometimes it's hard to mm-hmm. break from a schedule, especially you're like, this is what I have to do, but saying, okay, I'm going to improvise, adapt and overcome just to be flexible absolutely. with what's going on. No, absolutely. And I feel like, I don't know about you, Ireland, but it definitely reminded me of like, we keep preaching this like 80-20 mantra on our page and on the podcast. So, I mean, I'm sure you've heard of it too, being in like mm-hmm. the the health realm. But mm-hmm. I think leaving time that's unscheduled definitely is beneficial. And that could be like part of the 20%. Because I know like I'm a very type A person and love to schedule everything. But I found recently like I do enjoy having that freedom to like do something, you know, spur of the moment that I didn't initially intend on doing. And it's something that is pretty fulfilling. Yeah, absolutely. I've been finding that with my sleep lately. If I'm not, let's say I stay up later than I'm supposed to. And then I say, okay, I'm not going to yoga at 6am. 
because I will not have slept the amount I need to feel prepared. And then that kind of reminds me, okay, I need to get better at going to bed earlier and just like being able to break the schedule a little bit to be flexible Mm -hmm. with that. Dance is a demanding physical art. Balancing it with a social life, school or work and other passions can be overwhelming. What is your experience with this and how did you create a balance that you felt fulfilled by? I love that question. I think it took me until like maybe senior year of college and after college to realize that the way that dancers are taught about your time is very warped. That growing up, there's this idea that you have like 100% of yourself to give. And if you're not giving 100% of yourself to dance, let's say you're 80% dance and 20% science or whatever it is that you're pursuing social life, anything outside of dance, somebody else is giving 100%, which means you're lesser than. And that was ingrained in my brain in high school, in college, that if I'm not if I'm not feeling like this is my be all end all, prioritizing it above eating, sleeping, friends, other passions, that somebody else is, and I'm I have less of myself to give to dance. And I've just learned through school and learned through like living my own life and going through injuries and like the ebbs and flows that like humans are just so much more complex than that. That we don't have 100%, we're not like a cup of water to fill. And that I can only give, if I give 20% of myself somewhere else, that's 80 in dance. Like we don't work numerically, we're people. And so when I started to realize that and understand that being interested in nutrition and spending time with friends and doing yoga and watching TV and just being with people in other forms is not taking away that it can actually add to, like that was a mind-blowing thing for me to realize because I think in, in college, my science and nutrition studies and exercise studies, like that was all almost complementary. And I was in this way of training my brain that that's second to dance. And then now that I'm in school for nutrition, it's the first time in my life that my main priority, quote unquote, is not dance. And that's a huge identity change. But the way that I didn't kind of allow that to rattle me too much is that again, like I don't see myself as a cup that pours into different areas and then I have less to provide. I think that I grew so much in dance when I started to learn about nutrition and to learn about how I need to actually eat more to be able to do what I need to do. And now that I'm in nutrition school, I'm realizing all of the advantages I have having been a dancer, that I understand what it's like to talk to people who have no time to cook. And I understand what it's like to talk to people who grew up with really terrible body image issues being put onto them. And that a lot of those behavioral empathetic qualities that I want to take in as a dietitian really came from being a dancer. So I think with anyone who's balancing multiple passions, whether that be dance and nutrition, health and wellness, or completely other work, just to kind of like get out of this idea that if you have multiple passions, that means you're kind of like a jack of all trades and a master of none. I think that being multi-passionate actually can help you fill the cup in other ways So once I like wrapped my brain around that, I think I have such a lighter, I put lighter pressure on myself and I have such a lighter idea of what it means to be multiple things, what it means to call yourself a dancer and a future dietitian or whatever it is you pursue that 
loving one thing does not detract from the other is really the big concept I learned. I love the cup analogy. It is so... Oh, thanks. That's great. (laughs) No, it's perfect. And I think it's so true. I was kind of taught the same thing growing up. Like if you're not at dance Mm -hmm. seven days a week and there's someone else that is and they want it more than you and then you kind of feel like, oh no, like I'm not giving it my all, even though you can be giving it your all, but you can also be involved in other things. I think that's so Mm -hmm. important. So thank you for touching on that. Yeah, of course. Where do you see the role of nutrition within the dance world in the future to kind of go back? At least I know when I was growing up, like there was nothing really talked about nutrition, any dance class, even training at some of the most quote elite dance places like in the city and stuff like that. It was kind of you walked in, you took the class, you got taught a great class, choreo, maybe tips for the stage, etc. But you left and you weren't really ever told how to fuel your body, how to recover, etc. Yeah, I think the dance community needs a big push in nutrition. Um, You see so many dietitians now working for college sports and college athletes, and obviously in professional athletics as well. And some dance companies and dance programs do, but generally like the dance community is not really backed by a lot of like dietitians or really sound nutritional information. Um, And I really hope to be a change in that and see a change in that. I know that a lot of dance teachers, things have changed now and it's different for everybody. But like when I was growing up, like we would have dance teachers ask us what we ate that day and just comment on it. And there's this idea of food that, again, it's an inconvenience. You take it when you do and you don't learn much about it. And a lot of dancers are just not eating enough for the time they have and be not educated enough in what kind of foods they need to eat to get them through these rehearsals. Um, so if I could like envision a, a perfect world, it would be more educate nutrition education for dancers that is actually applicable to them. So that really can fit into their schedules and definitely centers around like fueling the body. And I think generally the dance community can do a lot of good with nutrition, helping them. It's just as important as your warm up, your PT, your cool down, because I mean, your warm up for nutrition is, is when you're going to fuel before you go dance before you go train and your cool down is what are you going to eat afterwards? Because you have all those muscle fibers broken down. You have no low glycogen stores, no energy. What are you going to eat afterwards? That's going to bring you back up to a good place. Um, and a lot of dancers don't even know that, you know, they don't know to eat before they don't know to eat after. And it's the same thing as a warm up and a cool down in my mind. Um, and I really hope that that education starts to enter into the dance world. That's a great analogy, just that it goes so much far beyond the 60 minutes or however long the class is. It's really preparation and recovery after. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And I think too, I think a big thing um, that you touched on would be fueling for performance and training as an athlete versus kind of eating less for like aesthetic. You know, mm-hmm. I just think that's something that we've been like taught and we've been, we've been seeing and it's definitely way past due for a, a shift. So I look forward to that too. Um, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So for you, this is like a you can answer literally in any way you want for this one. It's very okay. we just are like just like a fun. This is a fun question. Um, what does your ideal balance day look like? Oh, geez, that <laughs> is hard. I feel like I have to. I have like a balance day off and a balance day on. Um. I guess for a balanced day on in which I'm like trying to balance exercise in school currently on days that I'm in class, I tend to this semester I have um, 
all of my classes in the afternoon. So every semester is different. So lately, a balanced day on during my week would be waking up. I love a slow morning, but I tend to, you know, rush myself a bit. So having a breakfast, a coffee, a tea, something other than water I love to have in the morning, going to work out, some sort of exercise class, doing my own exercise at the gym, coming home, getting ready for the day, doing any work I need to do, um, going to class, again, any work I need to do up by school, coming home, eating. I love some downtime before I go back to work again. And that's kind of like a day on. I've been using dance as a day off for me, not like physically, obviously, like I still need rest days and everything. But I think going from college in which dance was all day, every day, my version of a balanced day off is actually when I get to dance. um, Because it's just a new way of like, thinking about it when it's not 100% your career. So on like a day off, love a slow morning, love a big breakfast, um, going to take a dance class, being with friends, being with people, like sharing food out with people. I mean, that's not like a hourly schedule of my, of my balance day, but yeah, I just like some sort of physical movement in a day is really important to me, whether that be a dance class, exercising, or just like going for a walk with people. But days on and days off have kind of been the way that I'm I'm working through this semester, at least. No, oh, that sounds like a great method. Mm-hmm. Are you dancing at Columbia? Yeah, so I am only doing nutrition right now at Columbia. Um, I'm in the Teachers College program, and so it's an accelerated nutrition program. I'm concentrating in um, exercise physiology, so I will be able to work with dancers, but I'm not doing any dance there. Right now I'm doing classes, dancing outside with people who are here and kind of like those are two separate entities. So I have the grad school and then I have the dancing in New York to keep up with it and hopefully be performing again soon when I can. No, that's awesome. And honestly, it could, it could be like a benefit to keep them separate, for, like at least for now, like so that you can do like the on off day thing. and You don't have to worry about being graded for dance anymore. <laughs> I agree. It's a completely different relationship yeah. to have with it. Like at first it was a shock to the system because I'm like, I don't, it's that same thing about that creeps back in about your worth as a dancer and your talent Mm -hmm. is when you're not, when now I'm in school for something else, like does that detract from me being a dancer and still wanting to pursue it and still wanting to perform? And I just don't, I don't see that happening for me because I can have, I can have these multiple passions and they can help each other and I can have go to school and, and do what I need to do in school. And then fall in love with dance in a different way. Like dance isn't for my grade anymore. Dance isn't because that's my only pursuit and I have to do it or else I won't get a paycheck. It's, I still consider myself a dancer. I still consider myself pursuing it professionally, but I'm not allowing myself to get in this headspace where an injury is going to be the end of my world. And if I don't get a role, if I don't get cast in something that that's going to like incredibly affect the rest of my time. You know, so it's a different, I don't see myself any less invested in it. I just think it's a much different relationship that I've found. No, absolutely. And I'm the same way. Like I'm definitely still pursuing dance, but I'm just not majoring it, majoring in it anymore. So mm-hmm. I think having that shift, it's been a lot, it's been like freeing, honestly, yeah. like yeah. getting to get involved in like a different passion of mine, just as seriously as I was in dance, but also still calling myself a dancer and still taking classes when I can get them in has been a really I would say like at first challenging experience, but I can totally resonate with what you're saying. And I'm glad that we're there now. Yeah. Yeah. What is your personal wellness philosophy and are there any aspects that really 
just guide your everyday life? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a heavy question. Wellness philosophy. I think I feel very strongly in a mix between consistency and science and dedication and all of those things and also freedom. So similar to the 80-20, similar to finding balance, like I feel very strongly in that wellness does not come from putting hyper pressure on yourself, that wellness does not come from watching a million people online and what they eat in a day and what they do in a day and replicating that. Um, I would say if I had used one word for my wellness philosophy, it would be individualistic. Um, I think that just going through my own experience with food and wellness and nutrition and dance and yoga and all the things like what I need for myself to be happy and to feel whole is so different than what anyone else needs. Um, so, so I would say some of the big things like takeaways is again, finding what works for you and not what works from other people. Once you start using, um, other people's recommendations, because you hear so many things right online about wellness and food and what to eat and the top three things for this and that, and the other thing. And that's so overwhelming. And I just think that somebody's top three foods in the morning that make them feel great will not be everyone's. So using, using the world around us as inspiration, as opposed to, boxes to check off is probably the biggest thing I would like to like impose on others is that what works for one person is not going to work for you. Um, and that, yeah, of course, using the science and, and eating what you know to be, to be helpful for you and, and moving your body when you want to. But if you're not in the mood to do six hours of dance, if you're not in the mood to do a hard yoga class or whatever, like go for a walk. And that's wellness and that's balanced and that's making, letting your body move. And if you're dealing with an injury, like what can you do to support yourself mentally? Maybe that's being around people. Maybe that's taking a break. And that is just as healthy and balanced for you as when you're feeling at your top and you, you want to exercise every day and you want to, you want to cook all the time. Like there's, there's ebbs and flows and just listening to that, I would say is my biggest, my biggest hope for a philosophy that I can, I can help others with. I love that, especially taking care of your body in all of those stages. So mm-hmm. working through those injuries, giving yourself what you need in that time so you can get back to those highs. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I know we both, like, it was such a pleasure getting to talk to you. So thank you. Thank you both so much. This was so much fun.